Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. And welcome to Ladies Who London podcast. I'm Emily Dell. And I'm Alex Lacey, and we're Qualified London Blue Badge Tourist Guides. Each week, we bring to you some of the best bits of London. We talk about our favourite people, places, and events with a bit of information, a lot of laughs, and a whole lot of fun. We can be found on Instagram at Ladies Who London podcast and on our websites, guideemily.com and alexlacey.com for information about our upcoming walking tours and virtual tours, as well as what the Blue Badge Guiding Qualification is all about. Hello, Alex Lacey. Hello, how are you? I'm well, very well. How are things going uh, in motherhood? Motherhood going going okay. Yeah, (laughs) it's a bit crazy. Haven't had that much sleep. Um, But we've taken her out a few times and she's not been too bad. Yeah, it's a lot a lot to get used to, but I just can't stop looking at her. <laughs> she is lovely. She's very, very sweet. <laughs> now, how have you been? Very well, very well. I'm currently up on a little little mini break with a friend. We've gone to Suffolk. Uh, it's so it's so lovely. I'm uh, we've just gone to see where Constables the Haywain was painted. Oh, and which I mean it's 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 guide nerd heaven up here. Mm. <laughs> uh, and today we're going to Sutton Who, um, which I'm super excited about. Because Gosh. that's something that we talk about all the time, and yeah, well, we did, um, we did on the po- did a, podcast. We did a podcast, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. we did after we did. seeing the dig. Absolutely. So we're going to go and see all of that. So I'll report back, and we'll pop some stuff on the uh, um, on the Ladies Who London Facebook um, Instagram group Instagram Fantastic. page. What is it? Um, <laughs> Ladies Who London, I think. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, it was really nice. Not that I don't love London, but it's just after almost a year in London without leaving it's quite nice to get away for a little bit so nice to get away and it's just really interesting for me to see you on Zoom in a different setting your kitchen <laughs> yeah. is not behind you I can no, see a brick not. wall that I do not recognise it's not it's a really lovely little rental property that one of our fellow um, guides uh, shout out to Karen Eastland hi Karen um, she rents it out and so she um, yeah we, we rented it from her for a couple of days and uh, fantastic yeah it's so yeah. lovely it's really nice mm, um, beautiful there we go yeah, but all, all's well otherwise with you? What have all's you been up well, to? yes. Um, well, I haven't really left the house much. I mean, as I say, when we've we've gone out for like an hour and a half and we've kind of, we've gone to like a place for brunch and we had a little walk around because it's been so beautiful, isn't it? It's so yeah. lovely and warm. Um, but yeah, that's about it really. Just kind Amazing. of getting into the swing of things and 
trying to create a routine which I know is going to be turned upside down in about 24 hours but <laughs> yeah <laughs> all good oh well listen while uh, while your little one sleeps um let's do the podcast let's go for it so welcome everybody to this week's ladies who london uh we're thrilled to be back and um we need to look at the podcast pedestal from last week which was uh, I really enjoyed Samuel Johnson I was I was I didn't know so much about him and I'm I'm still really fascinated by the fact that he had Tourette's. I just think that that's such an interesting detail that I'm quite astounded that I didn't know. Mm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. So, um, Podcast Pedestal, was it was it was an odd one. We kind of, we weren't quite sure what to go for, were we? Because um, there were so many different things. Yeah, and I, uh, I've been kind of regretting my choice, to be honest. Well, so have I! <laughs> <laughs> what my choice or your choice my choice my right. choice. <laughs> just because i think really was rengent i can't even say it retro mengency was that the crux point of the story i don't know yeah well i was sort of thinking i do feel like his mum getting him to m- memorize the bible and then him doing it in sort of 20 seconds flat was quite a key thing but it's quite a difficult one to explain and I was like oh the mum's memory test doesn't sound very good and oh, anyway and mine um, just sounds gross I mean urinating backwards why is that though we'd oh, all want to do it I don't know but then having said that <laughs> would you want my... to be retro <laughs> maybe maybe I would yes <laughs> not right now but maybe uh, in yeah. about 10 years um the old party trick or whatever yeah. <laughs> Be like, What's wow, what speciality? kind of parties are you going to? I used to be a blue badge guide and now I'm a Renjo Mengent. <laughs> I can't even say the Professional word. Professional retro Mengent. <laughs> Available parties. Yeah, what kind of parties are you going to? That would be the question, wouldn't it? You know, you're just... Uh, Hilarious. Uh, wakes and... <laughs> <laughs> it's time to liven it up. Let Go on out, Emily, get out your party. Oh, God. Oh, hilarious. Um, well, yes, I have looked at my poll and I've done quite well, actually. Yeah, you have? I was surprised. Mm. I, didn't, I honestly thought everyone was just going to be like, oh, this is rubbish. Both of these are rubbish. Um, but yeah, it's, so it has gone your way, actually. It's gone 58% <gasps> to you. Oh, gosh, you're giving it to me. To me. Right. Gosh, usually yeah. you wait a little while, Alex, and then you I know, I just thought I'm going to bang straight in. Thought, God, straight in. Wow. I've got to mix it up a bit. I've got to keep you on your toes, you see. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, thank you so much, everybody. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. So what was it? We were neck and neck. So now I'm just one in front again. You are. How exciting. For you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, there we go. So, um, yeah, onwards to this week's podcast and let's see what we're going to go for uh, on this week's one. Excellent. So, Alex, this week it's your turn. Yes. Uh, the yep. wheel span last week and it landed in Kensington. Yep. It did. Um, it did. And and I think we said last time that there are so many options in Kensington because it is one of those places you can link almost anybody to one of the institutions there, which is kind of what I've done this week. Um, I've gone for it. So in um, Kensington, there is the Royal Geographic Society. And I've picked a lady who is not really linked to London that much, except for the fact that she is uh, or was the first female member of the Royal Geographic Society. 
So oh, I think well, that's I mean, enough that's, of a link. Yeah, that's a pretty good link. That's enough of a link. Say, that's um, enough of a link. And we've had we've had seriously tenuous links before, so I'm going we with have. it. Yeah. We have. I mean, I mean, we did Soho the other day, and we were actually just out of Soho. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it was the, the Mayfair, which was the Great Smog, which could have gone anywhere. But yeah, <laughs> so gone anywhere. Fine. But anyway, so yeah, we, you, you, it's fine, Alex. Yeah, it was just so I picked Isabella Lucy Bird. Uh, do you know anything about her? I, I don't know anything about this lady at all. And I thought, you know, should I do a bit of Googling? I was like, no, I'm just going to let Alex tell me. Okay. So I um, I came across her a couple of years ago and I'm fascinated by her. She is she's so cool I kind of there are so many Victorian women and we've we've spoken about quite a few of them and I've basically got girl crushes on them because they are so (laughs) fantastic and they've gone out and gone what am I supposed to be doing yeah I'm not going to do that I'm going to do this instead and 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 Isabella well let's just call it Isabella Bird or Isabella because the whole name's quite long um that's just kind of what she does so um where's she from what's her deal she is born in Yorkshire uh, into a religious family in uh, 1839, she's born. Um, her father's actually uh, a priest in the Church of England. So, uh, you know, not just religious family, properly you know, in the firm kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they moved quite a bit across the country to different parishes uh, with his job. Um, he had a few controversies around uh, his job as well. He, he had some, uh, some practices which people didn't quite enjoy. So he was, I think he kind of left one or two places um, where people didn't quite agree with him. So they, they moved around a fair bit. And one of the things about Isabella is that she was considered, and I say considered because, I mean, yeah, she was considered a sickly child, okay? And I think with the Victorians, they do have this sort of slightly gothic air about them and they almost relish these sickly child stories. I mean, there's so many. We get like The Secret Garden as a as a novel, don't we? we get Tiny Tim and all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. There's, there's something kind of gothic romantic about this sort of sickly child. And so... She is considered this sickly child. She's kind of mollycoddled a bit and, and wrapped in blankets and quite a, uh, all that sort of thing. But it does seem that whenever she's doing something that she really loves, she's kind of fine. So whether or not it's, I don't know, a projected illness or this kind of thing, she does have a few ailments, but, you know, she, she always seems to be a lot better when she's doing what she loves. And, and this is what I kind of I think is so fascinating about her is that she's just off and doing her own thing. So, um they, she's taught at home. She and her siblings are taught by uh, their parents and her father's really, really uh, well-read. And he teaches her particularly uh, lots of things about flora and fauna, um, which she finds fascinating. And she will later go on to use this in um, the books that she will write. And there, there were stories about her kind of staying back from church when she was you know, particularly sick one day and, and they kind of left her at home while they all tootled off. And the minute they were out of the house, she was like, right. And she went straight out the door into the garden, which was all like down from the dew and they were sort of you know oh, don't go out there you'll catch a death of cold and she basically had a couple of lovely hours tootling around in the garden and looking at flowers so nice. you know she it's kind of fun I like this this uh I, I mean this is probably completely not true but I sort of imagine her going <coughs> yep far too sick and they go off she's like woohoo and off she goes <laughs> probably prancing completely... around the garden exactly. smelling all the dandelions I mean it's probably completely off beam but you know I like that that image that I've sort of created of her probably completely false but anyway um, one thing we do know is that she, in her early 20s, in 19, uh, 1950, 1850, sorry, she has a tumour removed from her spine. Um, and it's only partly successful. And so she is a little bit kind of weak and sickly after this. And the doctors, now I love, what do doctors, you think about doctors in the Victorian era, what are the kind of things that they always recommend as um, a good cure for ailments? Oh, God, well... 
I'd say put a leech on it, but I think that's more kind of 16th century, isn't it? <laughs> it is a little bit. One of the things they always say to people if they're suffering from kind of all kinds of maladies, they go, oh, go and enjoy the open air. Go to the sea. Oh, that's it. Go to the that seaside. Kind of yes. And this is what they go say to Go for a walk her. in the park. Yeah, exactly. Go. Well, even more so, they often will ship people off to the, the, the seaside for months on end. Go for a so walk the, in the, the park. doctors go for a walk in the park, go, you know, nap off to the to the sea or whatever it might be and the doctors kind of go one better with her they recommend open air but they also recommend i love this they recommend a sea voyage oh gosh i mean it's you know everybody's got the money to do that (laughs) i mean how on earth a sea voyage is going to help your spine i've no idea but anyway they say that they say look you know she's got this kind of chronic these chronic health issues and they say go go on a sea voyage and it'll i mean could you imagine now that somebody suffering from a spine tumor and they go 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 traveling go on a big ship and go go abroad i mean Crazy, God, anyway. you'd really question the doctor. But like, can I just ask, where were you educated? Were <laughs> you actually, you know, do you have any qualifications? Yeah. Right, I know. It's Go hilarious. on a voyage. Go on a voyage. Go on a sea Go out voyage. on I the mean, choppy, choppy seas with your bad spine. I will always uh, take a sea voyage as uh, as medication, frankly, but it's, it's, it does sound quite True, random. True, yes. So her family are behind this and her father says, right, here we go. Here's 100 quid. She gives her £100. This is in, so about a couple of years after her surgery in 90, uh, 90 why do I keep saying 90? 1854. Uh, and he gives her 100 quid and he says, look, take this, which was quite a lot of money at the time. And he says, go and stay as long as the money lasts. So she goes. Right. And she decides, right, well, that's what I'm going to do. And so she runs off to America. And she doesn't just, doesn't just go to America. She goes to the eastern part of Canada as well. And she's there for quite a long time uh she is writing to her sister the whole time her sister's called henny and she writes all these letters and she kind of um essentially journals her her trip around america and when she comes back um she's been there well over a year she comes back and uh, she collates all these letters together and it's decided she's going to publish them under uh, as a book title called the english woman in america mm. um and it's uh, as i understand it it was an anonymous book it is since um, now you can get um, copies of it, which is, uh, you know has got her name as the author. So this book is published. And what's quite interesting is she is in America just prior to the American Civil War. So it must have been a really interesting time uh, to be tootling around there and kind of seeing what's going on, which is quite amazing. Yeah, I would definitely, I, I, I'd be interested in that novel, you know, an, an, English, you can, it, an English woman in America. English woman in America. And you can still get it. And I have to say, having done loads of reading up on her in the last week or two, um, I have got one of her books uh, on oh. order from, uh, I just got it on eBay or something. Um, yeah, so I have got one that is coming and I will be oh, reading that as soon as it arrives because I'm excited about it. Yeah, why, so why did she want to go and uh, be anonymous initially? I mean, I don't know. I've not been able to find out. I've not been able to find out for definite if it was anonymous. I've read in a couple mm. of places it was anonymous, but, uh, you know, I, I'm taking that uh, on face value. Um, I suspect it might just be as simple as you know the the sort of the role of victorian women that you don't really publish might these not things sell, and sell as many books you know i mean clearly it's called the english woman in america but maybe you just didn't want to put your name to these things i don't know maybe you'd get a reputation for being a sort of um somebody who is uh, a bit too carefree i mean i don't know there's probably a million reasons why she didn't but anyway yeah. like i say i haven't been able to verify exactly that that it was um anonymous but i, I believe it was anyway okay so Shortly after she comes back and publishes this book, her father dies in 1858 and the entire family moved to Edinburgh. And Edinburgh is quite a key place for her because once they move there, she lives the rest of her life there, except for when she's travelling. And she's buried in Edinburgh as well. So Mm. Edinburgh essentially becomes her hometown 
um, for want of a better word. And, and she, like me, was a, a peripatetic uh, youth. So moving around all the time. So when you finally find your spot, that's it. You're kind of happy there and you stay there. So what's that word, Alex? Peripatetic? Peripatetic. Yeah, I mean... Peripatetic, you... honestly. I mean, <laughs> Samuel Johnson can sort off. <laughs> Got Alex do- Lacey here. <laughs> I'll be doing my I've own diary. Yeah, peripatetic. It's a good word, isn't it? It's a very good word. I've got, I've got some really, I've got some favourite words. One of my favourite words is pandiculation. Pandiculation. Pandiculation is when you 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 know when you kind of do a massive stretch and you're stretching all the way out. Yeah. Especially like when you wake up in the morning. That's pandiculating. Pandiculating. That's great, isn't it? That's fantastic. Yeah. Anyway, oh, we'll, we'll go on to my favourite words on another podcast. <laughs> Great. So, yeah. um, so, yeah, so she moves to Edinburgh and uh, her mum dies not too long after. And she kind of takes, she decides that having, you know, wet her appetite for a bit of travel, she is going to go on a variety of other trips. And she goes back to North America um, three more times and she goes to the Med as well. So she's doing these kind of slightly shorter trips than the ones she did. But the key trip for her that really changes a lot in her life is when in 1872, she goes to Hawaii. Have you been oh, to Hawaii? She's, she's very well travelled. No, I haven't. I'd love to go. Have you been to Hawaii? I went to Hawaii a couple of years ago. And I have to say, uh, it's an incredible place. Mm. I am a very, very... I, I have always loved Polynesian culture, um, Māori, uh, Samoan, all that kind, all those kind of cultures. I, I, I love Polynesian culture. So for me, Hawaii was fascinating. Mm. I, I absolutely loved it. So I can completely understand... Um, her sort of having a, a kind of breakthrough moment so she of course Hawaii is pretty much halfway around the globe from the UK mm-hmm. it's really a very long way um, so nowadays it would take us well I can't remember how long it took me before 20 hours or something to fly there but of course when you're going by ship it's a lot further so she goes to America she goes to San Francisco and then she's actually head. she's not heading for Hawaii she's heading to New Zealand uh, she okay. decides to jump ship in Hawaii and she stays there for a frankly jealousy inducing six months Ooh. which oh, I know right Gosh, and I mean is... do you think if this if the doctor hadn't have said you know go on a voyage she wouldn't have got this travel bug I mean right it's 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 interesting to to wonder whether that's just innate in her and she would have done it anyway but mm. I mean definitely it's it sparked something in her do you think that's why it's called travel bug because anybody that had a bug was told to travel. <laughs> That's a very good question. I've started doing a little series of, of, of where kind of words and phrases come oh, from. Oh, I've noticed. On, uh, I saw on my Instagram and, 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 my, and my TikTok as well. I'm on TikTok now. Sorry, everybody. Um, uh, <laughs> so I might, I might have, to little, have a little look into travel bug. That's an interesting one. Mm. Um, it's probably more likely that it was like a bug that you got when you travel. Yeah, exactly. It's, probably, <laughs> it's more, more likely to be that. But, but I think that's a good one. I might look into that. So anyway, she gets to Hawaii. And um, of course, Hawaii wouldn't have been part of the US back then. So it would have been fully Hawaiian, fully Polynesian culture. Mm. Um, I, I would have been in my element. I, I would have loved that. Mm. And when she's in Hawaii, she does something uh, for the very first time in a new, well, in a new way for the very first time. What do you think would be one of the most sort of liberating things for a woman to do that she would do in a different way and then I'm making this really complicated aren't I gosh like I don't know a bit of midnight skinny dipping in the sea sounds good doesn't that um <laughs> no she rode a horse the uh, a stride Backwards. so one leg either way because of course up until then oh it's side, side saddle. saddle yes if anyone's ever seen the the film titanic um and if you haven't i mean you know everyone's seen that surely, surely. at the end there were all these great pictures of her on her bedside table and one of them she talks i think in the film about um never having ridden a horse with one leg either side and there's a picture oh, of her at the yeah. at the end and 
And that's quite liberating for women because side saddle, you're wearing skirts and these big sort of billowing mm-hmm. Victorian skirts. But if you're riding one leg astride, you're in trousers. It's much sort of more freeing. And she finds that riding a horse this way completely eradicates the back aches that she's had from riding side saddle. Oh. Right. She didn't need a voyage. She needed to get on a horse properly. Exactly. Exactly. So in Hawaii, she goes, right, this is brilliant. She starts riding horses everywhere and she goes up. Hawaii's um, incredible for its its tall volcanoes and she rides up the volcanoes, all these peaks on horseback. And horseback is is one of her preferred methods of travel throughout a variety of the places that she's going to go. And she, she... wrote in her um, memoirs and, and her, well, not really memoirs, but this, this essentially these travel books that she wrote, that she absolutely loved visiting these remote regions, which, of course, at the time, Hawaii would have been, I mean, it still is remote geographically, but um, culturally not, not so much now, um, but it would have been back then. And so she said, I love visiting these regions, which, you know, aren't really known to many people and, and seeing all of Hawaiian life and that kind of thing. Um, here's a good quiz question for you, actually. Uh, do you know what Hawaii was known as, uh, not to the Hawaiians, but to kind of Victorian Westerners at the time? Oh, no, I don't. So on the, I think actually on the green list of travel uh, locations at the moment, I think anyway, one of the 10 places you can go are the South Sandwich Islands, which are all the way down, uninhabited, down towards Georgia, Falkland Islands, Antarctic way. These were the Sandwich Islands. The so sandwich South Sandwich islands. at the bottom and Sandwich okay. Islands further up. So she refers to them as the Sandwich Islands. And and she recorded all of this in one of her books Mm -hmm. uh, called Six Months in the Sandwich Islands. Mm. So there we go. And so eventually she leaves Hawaii and she goes back to San Francisco. And having kind of found this this horse riding thing, she's just let loose. And she goes off onto the Rocky Mountains and up into Colorado, all on horseback. And she, I mean, she often, most of these trips that she's doing, she's on her own. Okay, which generally, I mean, we talked about uh, another Victorian um, traveller on the podcast a few weeks ago, and she travelled with her, what was always termed her friend, essentially her girlfriend. Um, oh, yes. I, I'm struggling to remember her name now. Oh, was um, it? Oh, gosh, what was it? Uh, Amelia Edwards. Oh, there we go. There we go. I knew we'd get to it eventually by looking it up. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Amelia Edwards. So Amelia's off to Egypt and places with her girlfriend, but. Um, Isabella is just she's off on her own and one of these trips she's traveling through the Rocky Mountains she gets caught in a blizzard and she's on her own and she's apparently her eyes are frozen shut and she even gets snowed into a cabin with two young chaps uh, for a couple of months Oh, uh, one time. I mean, oh, it's incredible. Like so this is the book that I have ordered. It's called A Lady's Life in the Rocky Mountains. And she published Ooh. it in 1879. And this is what I've got on order. And I can't wait to read this. So when oh, it comes... Especially because it's 19th century. So it just be so interesting to, I know. to hear how she viewed everything and yeah. the conversations she had with these guys. And So I suspect I'm going to be going down an Isabella Bird rabbit hole book-wise in the next few months because oh, wow. she's got at least 10 books plus oh. loads of other bits and pieces as well. So there we go. So from fairly Western cultures, obviously Hawaii being Polynesian, but um, essentially, you know, linked, well, obviously not linked to America at the time. That's, that's my modern sensibility. Um, she goes east. She goes to Japan. 
Um, she hires a young chap uh, to be her translator and they travel all the way up to Hokkaido, which is up in the northern part, um, which is it's pretty much as far north as you can get. And it's very, it's quite remote, especially back then. And she stays with um, a tribe up there um, who are, a tribe called the Ainu, who are, as I understand it, the original inhabitants of the island. So they're not actually Japanese. They are, uh, you know, oh, okay. um, First Nations peoples, really. And how old is she around this time, Alex? Um, so what are we talking? We're talking about 1880. So she would have yeah, been 30s. 50s. Oh, 50s. Yeah, 50s. Oh, 18, oh, yeah. So she's born in 1832. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, somewhere in the late 40s, early 50s uh, wow. at this point in time. So, you know, um, especially she's... women in the Victorian... We've always got to kind of put this in the right time. For now, like, 50s, fine, no, no problem. But back then, mm. you're like, wow. Um, she is also publishing... Um, she publishes a book on Japan called Unbeaten Tracks in Japan. Mm-hmm. And then she goes to Hong Kong and Saigon and Singapore and all these kind of places. And she also spends five weeks travelling around the Malayan Peninsula God. as well. And I guess she's the, the money... Um enabling her to do all this is it coming from her books well interesting so there would be some coming from that but essentially they were um pr- they're pr- a fairly well well-off family anyway oh, right so um, yeah. she's sort of upper middle class um really so that yeah there's, there's she's inherited money from her parents by this point so okay she's, yeah, still, she's not still as well. spending you know money from the original hundred <laughs> no, no 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 she did she she got through the hundred but uh but yeah you know she's she's using kind of family funds and that kind of thing now, when she comes back to England, because um, she spent a lot of time travelling, when she finally comes back, she realises she's basically famous from her oh. books about Hawaii and the Rocky Mountains. Wow. Now, shortly after she comes back, her sister gets sick from typhoid. Um, and her sister, who she was very close to, uh, also in her 50s, her sister, Henny, dies. Mm. And she gets very friendly with a chap called Dr John Bishop, who is the doctor who's taking care of her sister. And they become so friendly that they actually uh, get married. Well, that is pretty friendly, isn't it? It is pretty friendly. Um, And this is where... So in her her entire life, she basically spends most of her life travelling from the age of sort of 20, 22, all the way up to 70. She spends it travelling with the exception of about seven years. And this is the seven years where she's back before her sister dies and then her marriage to John Bishop. But about five years into the marriage, he dies as well. Oh, no. So she's kind of lost, you know, all of her family and and her Mm. husband and everything. But... What you know? Would you imagine what would she do then? She'd sort of retire to her house in the countryside and sort of live out her, you know, her days. And that, no, absolutely not. No, 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 no. Isabella Bird is carrying not on. Not Isabella so, Bird. In eighteen eighty-eight. So we're talking. She's um, about fifty-five, fifty-six by this point. She goes off for India, and when she gets to India, she establishes um, a hotel. That two hotels. Hotels. I'm not talking about hospitals two hospitals uh, one in her sister's name Henrietta Bird Mm. and one in her husband's name John Bishop Uh, so there's a memorial hospital um, in two different places and she keeps going now I should have mentioned as well as as well as writing stuff she's also taking photos of people as well there is a huge cache of photos that she took and we're talking about um, because she's interested in the flora and fauna as well which comes from her father's interest and everything he's taught her but um, we're also talking about the people that she meets Uh, we're talking about the people that travel with her so translators and things like this and if you go to uh, the uh, there's a, a museum in Scotland which is the National Library of Scotland. If okay. you go there, you they have the whole cache of... Oh, I think 
not if not all of them but most of them of her photos you can see a lot of them online and they're kind of incredible mm. because she's getting these very candid shots of people that most westerners would never have seen before in fact very few people outside of their own kind of local communities would have seen them so you know wow. this and is back then you know the, groundbreaking. the camera the, the, the fact that you could take pictures isn't something exactly. that had been around for that long no exactly so um I've sort of interrupted my the, her flow around India, haven't I? Really, her there. Anyway, she's in India. She goes through Kashmir and all sorts of places. She mm. goes onto the border with Tibet, and she, I mean, this is somebody who, again, she's still travelling on her own, and she's coming up against quite a lot of um, slightly scary situations. There's one occasion where her horse um, trips over. Where she's crossing a river, and the horse trips over. And the horse falls into the river and drowns underneath her and she breaks two of her ribs. Oh, bloody hell. I know, right? That's dramatic. It's very, very traumatic. Um, they, she also meets up with a chap uh, called um, Herbert Sawyer, who was a, a major in the army, uh, who was an old friend of hers. They meet up in northern India and he was on his way to Persia. And they travel through the desert um, in the middle of the winter and they arrive basically kind of half dead on the other end. Um and he, she leaves him there and then she carries on for another six months. She heads up her own kind of caravan going through Iran and Turkey and places like this as well. So, of course, one of these, the things that she's seeing is that she, you know, she's travelling through a lot of countries and she's seeing um, a, a lot of stuff happening. When she comes back to England, one of the things that she does is she meets up with the Prime Minister at the time, who's William Gladstone, um, and she addresses a parliamentary committee because she's seen... Uh, there's all sorts of atrocities happening against the Armenians in the Middle East mm. and she does not like this at all so she takes that kind of mantle of this uh, issue and she goes to the Prime Minister and she's like hey dude you know come on this is happening and we really need to get a grip on this so she is becoming incredibly well known to the point where the Prime Minister is taking notice of her as well and well, as this... well you know she's seen it firsthand, doesn't she, she? Has. yeah she absolutely. can describe everything and what's going on yeah yeah absolutely and so she, this is the point at which she's made a fellow of the Royal Scottish Geographical Society. And they've already had women in theirs, uh, but England is now catching up and she becomes the first female fellow of the Royal Geographical Society in England as well. Wow. Um, but she still wants to carry on. So she sets out again um, in the 1890s. Uh, she's in her, what would she be, uh, 70s by now? Yeah, she's in her, in her sort of early to mid 70s. She goes to no sorry i lie i'm terrible at maths born in 32 60s early to mid 60s there we go um so she goes off back to japan and into korea as well this is the time when there's um a sino-japanese war that's breaking out and which is led leads to the occupation of korea by japan uh, and she's going and she's sort of photographing the soldiers that are heading in and and she goes and actually looks at what's happened in the war she sees the devastation and it, it's quite a big deal so she's almost like a kind of war like documenting war as well mm. um and she's doing this all on her own too and then from korea she goes into um the yangtze river in china and she goes as far up the river as she possibly can into sichuan province and there she gets attacked she's attacked by <gasps> a mob um who say that she's a, a foreign uh, devil of some description and what they do is they they take a hostage and they trap her. Uh, they get her in the top floor of this house and they basically lock her in there. Oh my and then God. they set it on fire. <gasps> yeah. Bloody hell. I know. So she is 
I mean, in really sticky situation. At the last minute, um, there's a group of soldiers who come to her rescue and they save her. Oh, thank God. I know. She's even in another location. She's stoned and knocked unconscious. Oh. And I don't mean stoned, you know, the, the wacky yeah, wacky. Yeah. I mean, you know, being whacked <laughs> over the head with great big rocks. Um, Jesus. And yeah, so, you know, she, she gets into a few scrapes along the way. And it, it's kind of, we sort of imagine these Victorian ladies riding a horse genteelly through lovely rolling hills. But, you know, mm. she's in there. She's on the front line of it as well. Well, she must really have thought, you know, being by herself that uh, you know at some point my luck's bound to change well like going yeah you know you've, i think if, even if you speak to sort of adventurers today they know that they're going places that are off the beaten track and mm. and if you get into trouble then you've kind of only really got yourself to look out for so mm. it's quite amazing and and she's such a sort of well-known figure now that the queen victoria um if queen victoria wants information on somewhere she'll send for isabella bird she'll send you know to have correspondence with her and kind of find out stuff um because of course victoria is the empress of india and she's got the whole empire and all that kind of thing so if she wants to know what's going on in the country or what it's like who she's going to ask well isabella's a great person Wow. You know, perfect person to go to. And then when Victoria dies, her son, Edward VII, um, they don't have quite as close a relationship, but he's still a sort of passing acquaintance to Isabella as well. So quite interesting. How, what, at what age do you think um, retirement from worldwide travel in the Victorian age would seem like a, an option for Isabella? Uh, well, I think that she's she's going to the bitter end, to be honest. I've got a feeling that perhaps she dies while she's away and her body is brought back to Edinburgh. Do you know what? Interesting. Um, not quite. Not quite. She does go pretty much almost to the bitter end. She does die in Edinburgh um, at the age of 72 in 1904. So Good strong age for the Victorians. Very strong age. And like I say, she's been travelling all the way through. She travels her pretty much her last or one of her last journeys is at the age of 70. She goes to <gasps> Morocco. Again by herself. Again by herself. And she decides that she's going to ride on horseback again. Uh, what would you consider a long journey on horseback? Oh, God, about 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm not a horsey person. <laughs> she goes for a thousand miles. A thousand miles? A thousand Plus, miles. she's had, obviously she had a problem with her spine yeah. and she broke two ribs when she had yeah. that incident with the horse drowning underneath her. Yeah. She's 70. She's 70. She's hell. on her own. And she's going through the Atlas Mountains in Morocco and, and you know, really quite an impressive feat. Mm. And to the point where that little journey, a little journey, <laughs> that, that tiny little journey of a thousand miles um, was mentioned in her obituary as well when she died. Oh, yeah. It's incredible. And one, so there's a couple of great little phrases in her obituary. That, well, there's a few obituaries of her. And I've picked out a couple of quotes. Um, one said that she usually chose the scenes of her travels to regions that were coming into public notice and thus her accurate and careful descriptions had a timely and practical interest. So clearly, you know, what she is discovering, the places she's going is really helping sort of the public or the, the you know, maybe, you know, sort of upper echelons understand these places a bit better. Mm. Um, and another one said, she, it's a great quote, she was one of the pluckiest travellers of either sex that this country has ever known and her books were particularly rich in fresh direct observation oh i like that Which do you think amazing. they chose the word pluckiest because her last name's bird oh i didn't even thought about that she's so plucky <laughs> i'm i'm so impressed with this woman i'm gonna Isn't have to amazing? get on the bird book wagon with you because oh, she it, just yeah i yeah i should have awarded you a copy actually it's um i'm really looking forward to reading it mm. it's been it's been quite a while since i've read about somebody in a book that they wrote and thought I, I, yeah i want to read that I yeah, want to read that. Especially just, I mean, I quite enjoy reading travel journals anyway. Yeah, absolutely. But to read one 
you know, that was written in the 19th century. Yeah. From Bill the Bryson, eat of, your heart out, eh? Yeah, from a lady travelling by herself. Now, there's, a, there's a, a slightly lengthier quote that I want to read. And this is not anything to do with her actual travels but I kind of I love this this was written in a publication about her life a couple of years after she died there was this sort of big kind of essentially a biography written of her and there was this one event from her childhood which it, it doesn't actually have anything to do with travel but I think it really shows the kind of stuff that influenced her curious mind because you've got to have a curious mind Definitely. to be going off and doing all this kind of amazing traveling Definitely. so it's a slightly longer one but i want to i want to read this out so um it talks about the area that she was she grew up in an area called tattenhall um and it says there's a there's a hill known as rawhead uh this hill was full of caves in which dwelt a gang of outcasts whose doings grew notorious robbery followed robbery in the neighborhood the caves were searched on suspicion but nothing was found to warrant arrest the burglaries continued and the matter grew serious at one length nope at length, <laughs> at length, one midnight, uh, someone passing the churchyard saw lights and heard voices and forthwith proclaimed that it was haunted. No one would go near it until the magistrates decided to make a midnight raid with armed constables and to see what manner of ghosts disturbed its peace. They found the Rawhead gang busy hiding booty in a grave, the slab of which had been raised. An old woman whose cottage was close to the churchyard proved to be in collusion with the burglars and had assisted them to choose their storehouse. All were arrested and transported. But Isabella never forgot how her nurse took her to see the unearthing of silver plate and jewellery from that grim hiding place and how, trembling rather with eagerness than fear, she and a little playfellow watched the whole process hand in hand from the lifting of the slab to the recovery of the last teaspoon. Oh, that's beautiful. Isn't that cool? Wow, that conjures up so many beautiful images. Just her nurse is like, right, this is this is cool. We've got to go and see this. I love this idea of this girl kind of standing there going, oh my God, this is so cool. And yeah. I just love that idea of her sort of something being sparked in her and going, oh, there's adventure to be had. And Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's fabulous. So um, links in London to um, Isabella Bird. The National Portrait Gallery has two portraits of her. Okay. And then, of course, we have the National, um, the Royal Geographic Society as well. But uh, to be honest, mostly the links are in Edinburgh, which is where she was kind of our home base when she wasn't travelling and where she ended her days. And that is where she is buried to this day. So just to give you a bit of an idea of some of the, the books that she's written. Um, so we've talked about the, the English woman in America and things like that. She's got Journeys in Persia and Kurdistan. Stan. She's got the Yangtze Valley and beyond. Notes on Morocco, which was um, published in a re- like a review paper as well. Um, oh, she's got ones on Australia, on the wow. Malay Peninsula, um, Korea, and her neighbours is one as well. It's just it's absolutely amazing the, the amount of stuff that she wrote about. Um, and she so must I have been so good book. with people, you know, oh, to meet yeah. so many people from all walks of life and get to know different cultures and how people react to things and different languages. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you think as well, this is a woman who's come from a a well-to-do middle-class family. Not the, you know, normally those sort of people you wouldn't imagine would be perfectly comfortable slumming it on you know, a dusty roadside somewhere if you can't find somewhere to sleep, mm. bedding down next to your horse. And yet this is a woman who's just gone, right, I'm going to go there. I don't know anything about it. Let's just go and let's see what happens. And, you know, oh. yeah, it's phenomenal. Wow. Well, I'm super duper impressed with Isabella Bird. Right. So there we go. That's Isabella Bird.
Yeah. Well, thank you very much. So you can Alex. see why I've kind of got a little bit of a girl crush on her. Yeah, I She's can. She's amazing, and I can't yeah. wait for that book to arrive and read that. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. you have to uh, update us on the next podcast. I will. I'll see if I can find a copy for you as well. Where mm. I can, you can, I can lend you mine after I'm done because I think Excellent. it's uh, it's going to be a good read. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Podcast Pedestal. So there we go. So, uh... Gosh, podcast pedestal. There's quite a few things. <laughs> there is quite. There, yeah. There's quite a bit quite in a few, there. Quite a few different things. There's quite a few crux points in her yeah. life, isn't there? There are. I mean, I, I, I know what I want to go for, but I also don't. I think I, I went first last time. I think possibly. So I don't want to charge on in there. I want to give you the first, first dibs. Are you gonna let me go first? Yeah. Okay. Well, ah, um, oh, well, it's a toss up for me. It's either the doctor saying that you've, you know, go on a voyage. Go on a voyage, off you go. Go on a voyage. Or it's the £100 given to her by her father. Oh, that's cool, because my choice is not either of those, so that's all right. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Well, I think I'm going to go for the £100 given by her father. Okay. Cool. Or am I going to go for the doctor? I don't know. What are you going to go for? (laughs) I make my decision afterwards. I'm going to go for the horse riding in Hawaii. The moment oh, at which yes, that's such she, a good one. She kind of learned she to be able to, to put her leg on the other that side. liberty, that sudden liberty of being able to go. Oh wait, I can ride a horse here. I have much more control. I can wear trousers, and now I can, you know, I'm off, and it's it's solved my, my back problems. Yeah, and. I can now go off and ride horses through blizzards in Colorado and um, Tibetan landscapes and, 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 you know, all that kind of thing. So for me, it's it's the sort of two, <laughs> two-legged horse riding. That's not a thing, is it? Um, but the horse, yeah, the sort of riding astride that she learned in Hawaii. That's a really good one. Bugger. <laughs> oh, you'll <laughs> win anyway. Come on. No, I won't. Oh, no. <laughs> You're on a roll. No, I'm not. Didn't you win the last one? Uh, well, I won last week's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, won you one. did, didn't you? Yeah. That was last yeah, week. Yeah, you was hammer one. Yeah, hammer one. So, oh gosh, pressure, pressure, pressure. pressure. I think <laughs> it's going to be... Because oh, I kind of want to say the £100 given to her by her father. Okay to go off yep. but at the same time she would have been given money here and there but that seemed like that was that was quite I, an incentive I like the idea of him just going stay as long as the money lasts I quite like that yeah yeah okay yeah I'm going to go for the money given to her by her father cool the £100 travel money yes amazing wow thank you very much Alex Lacey Yay. that was great well, there we go. And that's Isabella Bird. So, um, what have we got coming up? I guess you're not. You haven't got too much coming up at the minute, have you? <laughs> no, just trying to get into the swing of motherhood. Just, just, just being puked on and that kind of thing. Yes, I have to apologise as well because if you heard a few kind of gurgles, um, Carmen was was with us 
for a little while. She's a big fan of the podcast. She is. She is. She's, she she's already out. she's already rated and reviewed several times. So you know, if you, <laughs> if you haven't, what have you been doing? Yeah. The sad thing is that she doesn't even go for my podcast option. But whatever. <laughs> I've trained her to vote for me. Oh damn it. Um. Yeah. So for me, um, not much. I've been. I'm still posting my. Um, let's talk about art on Fridays. Oh, yeah. yeah. So little videos just about an artist or a piece of art. So you know. Feel free to follow me there. Um, but no, what are you doing, Alex? What are you up to? I have just um, released new dates for my walking tours, Yay! which go all the way through to, I think, the end of August, start of September. Oh, brilliant. Um, so tons and tons of, of dates up there for all of your faves, all of your your harlots and your Bermondsey and street art and well, women of Westminster and all that kind of stuff. Great. Um, yeah, all on the website. Good. And there we go. Go and get them. Go get them. The Wheel of Destiny. Uh, oh, we've got to spin the wheel. We have. <laughs> we've got to spin the wheel. Um, right, so um, it's my turn, isn't it? My turn next week. Yes. Um, what are you I, thinking? Personal place or thing? Or what are you, what are you in the I, mood for? I do have a little list. There are a few names on my list, a few people, okay. a few ladies that I'd like to talk about. All right. So I'm going to see where it lands and okay. make a decision. Okay? All right. Let's go for it then. We're off. And... Oh, my God. It's landed in Kensington again. It hasn't. Have you waited <laughs> that or something? I haven't. No. <laughs> no. But I have to you tell you You were just jealous that... about the, the myriad <laughs> options that you can have in Kensington. You're like, oh, I need, I need like, one oh, of those. Sounds good. <laughs> Um, I, the wheel is looking a little bit sad as well. I think I'm going to have to make a new one. Oh no! Yeah, it's looking well, a little just, we'll bit. We'll just retool it. Maybe. Yeah. We stick some new areas on it or something. Yeah, exactly. We did take just... one or two away when we we'd done a couple, didn't we? Maybe. True. Take Kensington yeah, off my, for a little bit. Buchanan moment back out. Yeah. Um, okay, so Kensington. What so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so obviously there's there's lots of institutions. You've got the the French Quarter just over the road. Are we um, going French? Uh, I'm well, going I'm French? not. I'm not. No, going not. To do that, um, there's quite a few potholes from World War Two, isn't there? We're going to do potholes, are we? <laughs> Tune in this week where we're talking about World War Two potholes. Enjoy. <laughs> I'm sure there's a That's couple a of people out there. That's a bit too nerdy even for us, Em. That is a bit, isn't it? I feel like God. <laughs> try, um, try choosing a podcast pedestal from a pothole. <laughs> oh, um, actually. Oh, hello. Oh. Hello. You know who is on my list? Go on then. Beatrix Potter. <gasps> Damn you, she's on my list too. Is she? <laughs> yes. Well, what you don't know is that my favouritest book, Growing that's a, that's a word. Uh, growing up was um, Peter Rabbit. I've, I, you, do you know what? It does not shock me. <laughs> we, did you go like a bit kind of crazy when the uh, Beatrix Potter fifty pence piece coins came out? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought you might um, have because you, no, you can get you can get fifty. You can actually. You can get the yeah. like no, Peter I didn't Rabbit think about that, actually. I never thought about piece. that. Oh, now I'm going to find one. Um, yeah, I was a big, big fan of Peter Rabbit when I was a kid, and I had a toy that was my my you know nighttime toy, which was Peter Rabbit. Nice. Yeah. I yeah, I had quite a few little things. I had a jigsaw puzzle, um, and with Peter Rabbit, and I remember 
when it came to the carrot, there was a big piece missing, so I never got to finish it. It was always no. this like old piece. I was like, where is it? Poor Peter Rabbit will go hungry. Um, yeah, so I'm going to do Beatrix Potter. Brilliant. I'm going to do Beatrix Potter, who was Amazing. born in Kensington, so okay. that works perfectly. That's, that's great. Yeah, great. brilliant. We'll take oh, a trip down um, it's funny, I don't know lane. that much about her particularly. Um, I just know the stories because they were some of my faves, but I don't mm, know. She's had quite life. an interesting life. Mm. So... Yes. Beatrix Potter next week. And then maybe we'll go do some events or something after that. Yes. Yeah. Um, cool. I'm down with it. Yay. Great. Looking forward to that. Lovely. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you, everybody, for coming along. Um, Thank you, Please, I know we always ask, um, so do other podcasts, so we're just following on from the people who look like they know what they're doing. We're just <laughs> bimbling along behind. Please do the whole rating, subscribing, liking. Please go and tell us if you think that we are, you know, we hate each other on uh, on on. The review section again that's always very entertaining yeah um, please yeah <laughs> give us the psychology behind our Absolutely. relationship um uh, yeah. <laughs> be hilarious um yeah and we will see you next week for a bit of badass beatrice potter which is how she liked to be referred to <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure she did i'm sure she did alex yay Perfect. all right see you next well, week everyone thank you very much podcasts take care bye bye